Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here and welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. Now, if you'd have been able to see through CCTV cameras into our office when we started our companies, you'd have seen us pretty much make a mess of bringing on new members of staff. And my induction process for members of staff was, there's your computer, there's your desk, now go make me a load of money and don't ask me any questions. And of course, I hadn't even given them the login for the computer. And I was very much like, well, I'm an entrepreneur. You be an entrepreneur. You go and sort it out and work it out. And I'm, by the way, I'm too busy to train you up. That's why I've hired you because I'm too busy. So work it all out for yourself. And um, that was not a good induction process, an onboarding process. And over the last 11 years, we've refined and iterated our process for bringing on team members and We've learned a lot through attrition because, by the way, when you chuck people in at the deep end, you know, I used to have this sink or swim mentality, i.e., well, well, let's chuck them in, let's see how it goes. This is their, this is their you know, real interview process. Let's how they get, see how they get on for a week. We're just going to chuck them in, and then if they sink, well, then they're out, and if they swim, well, then they're great. But, you know, that, that has a lot of attrition, and we ended up losing a lot of good staff members because we broke them. And you know what, you're an entrepreneur and you don't want everyone in works for you to be an entrepreneur like you. Otherwise, they'll just all leave and set up Progressing Property or the Disruptors podcast and they'll just nickel your business and copy you because they're entrepreneurs. So I think it's really important to have a good onboarding and induction process for new members of your team. Now, you're going to love this. If you ever hire anyone, you're going to love this. I went to our head of HR, Sue, who's totally awesome, and I said, Sue, give me all the details, the granular details of what we do and then what we don't to onboard our staff. And it's taken us 10 years to build this system. I've learned a lot from you know, a lot of the podcasts I've listened to over the years and a lot of the great books I've read. I've borrowed a lot of these. I didn't design them. But hey, it seems to be working really well. So let's go through it right now, step by step. So day one, when people start, they have an induction, an official induction. They don't just get start on their desk you know, and work. Now, the day before or the very morning of the new starter, one of the assistants sends an email to everyone saying, hey, there's a new starter. Their names are X, Y, and Z. We do actually hire people called Edward. No, we don't hire people called X, Y, and Z. Their names are, and we'll be having a celebra celebratory pizza at lunchtime. And they let us know. Now, that's great because you know, my company is at the size now where sometimes there'll be new people in the office for a couple of weeks and I won't even know who they are because there's, there's, there's that many people. And of course, you know, you want to be personal. So you want them to know that you know their names and care about them. And of course, when it's one person, it's easy. But when you grow, it's not so easy. So you, then, you know the name of them. Now, we have this uh, pizza thing where we get a load of pizza from, from Diner Pizza or Domino's or whatever. And everyone goes down into one of the big meeting rooms and has pizza so that the new people can be integrated and, and chat and catch up with all the team members that are there. And they feel like they're being handed over to a nice, warm, friendly team. And of course, there's no one in our team that doesn't want free pizza, myself included. Anyway, I'll talk about that part of the process later. So day one induction. So the head of HR, Sue, will sit down with the team and she will discuss with the team 
the directors, you know, so myself and Mark and our MD, and a bit of our history and journey of our company. Because you want people to get a feel for the culture. Now, quite recently, I say in the last three years, we brought in a new system where when we have new team members, I'll take them in uh, the Range Rover or one of my nicer cars, but the sort of family cars, maybe the Porsche Panamera or something like that. And um, I will drive them around Peterborough. And we've created a, a laminated step-by-step uh, -step process of going to certain properties and me talking about the first house I ever bought and the first office that Progressive had, which was a tiny bedroom, in, uh, sorry, a dining room in one of my houses. And then the second office and the third office and how it grew. And most of our team that have ever done that, they love that because they can see the history of the company, the culture, how we've grown, you know, how we were sort of really just a couple of young lads who couldn't grow beards, who didn't know what they were doing. And, we, you know, and we've grown it into something that matters. So the first thing we do is the history of the business and the growth. It's a great thing to do. Now, of course, when you start, that might be small. Then we have five main companies. So the next part of the induction is to explain each company and, and what it does and its functions. So whatever you do in your business, part of the induction is you want to explain what you do in your company. And if there are different structures, if it's a group or if there are some moving parts, you explain exactly what you do so that it's clear to them. The next thing is the structure of the team. So if you've got an org chart, you know, you talk through the CEO, the MD, the top level managers, etc. Then the value, so for us it's progressive, innovative and personal. We have eight team member values, you know, things like resourceful and loyal team and we go through all of those. We discuss what the culture is like, so dynamic, disruptive. We also, and this is important, we talk about the downsides as well as the upsides, which we do in the recruitment process as well, because we don't want, we don't want people to come and start working for us who it's not right for, because it's just a waste of recruitment money, it's a waste of their time and our time. So we talk a little bit about the culture and disruptive and chaotic and exciting and a very open culture and lots of banter and whatever. And we say, but hey, you're gonna feel overwhelmed at times and you know it's quite noisy and that kind of thing and discuss that. Then you, we do some logistical stuff, and this is important. I used to think, whatever about health and safety and sick pay and holidays, employment handbook, whatever, boring. But you do have to do all that. Where's the first aid kit? Who cares? But you have to do all that stuff. Now, we used to, in the early days, have this guy that we paid a monthly retainer for that we met at a business club. As he was called Trevor Richards. He's a great little business where he would give you a standard employee handbook and then you could tweak it and put your own values in it. He would give you standard health and safety protocols. He would tell you what sort of sick pay is and holidays and all that kind of thing. Now, over the years, we've created an internal uh, manual and process for that. And uh, we give a lot longer holidays and we have a lot more benefits than pretty much any other company in the city because we want to be the best company to work for in the city. But, and that's all written out and explained. The employee handbook. So, you know, people know where to go if they've got a complaint or a grievance. This stuff is important, you know, and they know their rights, which is very important. They'll have an office tour, so not the drive around the city tour of the story, but they'll have an office tour, so they'll go around and meet everyone in the departments. Then at lunch, the whole team gets together and we do the pizza thing. And the great thing about it is it gets everyone together and everyone can kind of chat to the new starters, make them feel comfortable. Obviously, they're shown their desk, they're shown their computer. We give them some gifts, so we give them some copies of our books. We give them a thank you, welcome card. There's some paperwork for them to complete. Maybe, you know, if it's their, their job description, their key result areas, maybe, you know, their employment contract. 
They have a new starter form. Obviously, we need their bank details. We need their next to kin. We need copies of their passport. They need to return their contract, all these things. You know, you wouldn't normally think about this when you're starting your business because you're thinking about marketing and sales. But, you know, you need all of that stuff. Now, by the way, I know I speak fast and you'll probably listen to me on two times speed. So it's well worth going back through this and just listing all this out because this will save you so much time. I wish I'd had someone who'd have done a podcast like this 10 years ago because I'd have saved so much time and so much wasted recruitment fees and, you know, a few upset people who we, we sunk rather than let them swim. Okay, so when that's done, then the head of HR will hand over to the manager. And then within the first week, they meet every team manager and get an overview of every department in the business. So within the first week, hopefully they know what sales does, what marketing does, what events does, what design does, what finance does, what the video team do, etc. And then one month later, there's a catch up with HR, a settling in chat, things that we're doing well, things that we could improve, things that we should have done, shouldn't have done. I always love the model of start, stop, keep. Whenever you're doing any reviews, ask what should we start, what should we stop, and what should we keep? Because it's a great way of teasing and eking out really good feedback. Because it's not saying, hey, what are we great at, and hey, what are we terrible at, because people don't want to ask those questions. So I don't want to answer them, but you know, what should we start, i.e., what are we doing wrong, what should we stop, i.e., what are we doing wrong, or start, what are we not doing, and then what should we keep, what are we doing well, what should we continue to do? And then, importantly this, every single month they have a one-to-one with their manager. Now, we never did one-to-ones because we thought that that was a waste of time because we wanted to just crack on and do stuff. But it's very important to have one-to-one with your team members and occasionally they get missed and you will know when they get missed because the staff member will probably not be that happy or that engaged or they'll be frustrated. It's a good chance for them to air their frustrations if they've got a grievance to air it for you to get feedback. You learn so much about your business when you have one-to-ones with your, you know, your subordinates, the people that you hire and manage. And um, you want to make it a safe environment. You want them to be able to speak their mind. You want to have an open culture where you're not going to get defensive about what they say. It's so important. Every now and again, and we do this planned, but it's made to look random, is we, um, they, we take the team, teams take out their departments for lunch. And it's a really good thing for bonding. And you, know, you want someone to feel the culture and to feel part of the team. And the quicker you can do that, the more productive they're going to be and the happier they're going to be. And of course, in those first few months, that's when you're at risk losing people the most because a few things go wrong. They've not been invested that much time or effort or energy to work for you so that they're much more likely to leave within those three months than at any other time. So those three months, you've really got to go over and above. You want someone to feel that, that your environment and your culture and your company is the best place to work by a mile in your city, and then you will, over time, get a reputation for that and you'll attract great talent. Now, there are various details for the onboarding process. They have a welcome, welcome pad where people get a pad pens, we get them a chocolate bar and a few company freebies. We give them a work buddy so that they've got someone that can help them with some logistics and how to find stuff. It's almost like a little sort of, you know, a, a mini mentoring program so that they've got someone that, to go to. The job scope is set out. The expectations of performance are gone through. The key result areas explained in detail. The work buddy supports the new member for the first few weeks. They'll do things like answer all their questions. They'll take them through some of the potential issues. They'll teach them processes. Important part of the onboarding process is to clarify the team objectives as well as the individual objectives and how they dovetail together. Again, this should be focused on through the key result areas in their job role and then their tasks and then the overall job description. 
there's a meet the directors part of the onboarding process so that they can feel that, you know, it's a personal company. I remember our values are progressive, innovative and personal. As much as I can, if I'm around, I'll go and introduce myself to everyone in the team on the day they start. In the early days of onboarding, the manager will check in at the end of each day. Uh, and then uh, as they're a little bit more integrated at the end of each week to evaluate progress, to do some quick fire feedback, see how they're getting on. Our business runs lots of events, so it's important that our team member get a flavor for that. And so maybe attend some of our events, listen to some of our podcasts, read some of our books. So you want your new team members in the onboarding process to digest some of the things that you do. You know, like if you're a clothing line, you want them to wear your clothes. If, you, if you're going for Audemars Piguet, maybe they, they want you to wear their watch. So the thing that you do that makes you who they are, you want to encourage them to live and breathe that. It's important in the onboarding process to pay close attention to people when they start. Of course, that can drift out as they're more experienced and more autonomous. Giving praise and recognition, it sounds kind of strange that we'd have to remind ourselves of that because we all get really busy, so it's very important to give praise and recognition for things that are good that you want more done. There'll be lunch buddies, so uh, more experienced members of the team will take newer members of the team out. We regularly have team building activities. We have a social team, so the social team, they organize all the social events, so going to see comedians, going to the dog races, going to various different uh, dinners out, curry nights, all those kind of things. And you know, the, um, the high level managers and the uh, directors and the business owners, we don't get involved in that because we want it to be what the team wants. The team will come and propose things to us if they want us to pay for it, etc. So that's all part of the onboarding process. And importantly, creating a development plan. So your team member will grow if they feel like they know what they're doing and they feel that they can grow through the role and they can progress their career. So within the first few months, you want to assess the gaps in their knowledge and where they need training and if they can get that training through you and if you, the company, can subsidise it. How the specific gaps in their knowledge need to be filled of course, the downside of this, if it's not going well, is you have a performance management or a performance review where it's like, look, well, you need to get these skills up, you need to get these results up, we need to see a, an improvement over the next three months, and sometimes that needed to be done, and sometimes that can be the best thing for the person because, like I said, they don't know what they don't know, and you often need to give them the feedback. Where they can go for further learning or, you know, in their own time if they want, so great books to read on their department and great podcasts to listen to in their role. Ultimately, you want to encourage autonomy. So yes, you want to support and nurture when people come in, but this, it's almost like a, you know, you've got a baby bird and you nurture and you know, then one day you let them fly the nest because you know, someone doesn't want to be mollycoddled forever. But once they can start to do the job well, which will probably be three to six months in, then you let them crack on. Now we have a probation period of three months. So at three months, the staff member can say, this isn't right for me, I want to move on with you know, none of their contractual issues. Uh, we can say, you've passed your probation, congratulations, or we can say we're extending your probation to three months because you know, we think you need a little bit more time, or we can say that it's not right for us either. And the great thing about this probation period, and it could be three months, it could be six months, it depends on how easy or difficult this role is to fulfil, is you don't go through all the, you know, the arbitration or the, you know, all the, the redundancy or all that messy stuff that, you know, if at all possible, you can avoid. 
Okay, so let's finish up then with some don'ts. These are what you don't do when you hire people. You don't delay the onboarding. You're gonna be so tempted to look at someone walking around the office and going for lunches and having pizza and shaking everyone's hand and thinking, I've got loads of work I want you to do. You need to crack on and do this. I'm sinking, look at you swatting around the place. No, you have to just stand back and let them get a feel and a flavor for the culture. So ideally in the first week, they've got little to nothing deliverable to do but only things to learn, learn your CRM, learn your email management system, learn your internal communication system if you have one, etc. So your onboarding needs to be on point early and consistent. Onboarding, integrating people into your team is not just an HR function. You probably don't have an HR manager, so HR is probably you, but actually it's everyone in the team and it's the culture and how everyone makes this new person feel that it gives them a great sense of this is a company I wanna work for and live for and die here. So it's not just an HR function. We were so chaotic in the early days, someone would join and they didn't even have a computer. In fact, Felicity here, your, your chair was in the box, isn't it? So we're still to this day. Felicity's chair, she just started, it's in the box. So, I mean, I hope we don't make you build it yourself. But, you know, we didn't even have the computers ready, the desks ready, because we're like, oh, we need this person. So at least have a desk, a computer, give them the tools they need to start the job. And that sounds so obvious, but I tell you what, if you're doing the right things in your business, which is marketing and selling, you'll probably forget all of those things. Don't overwhelm them with work. Don't dump your life on them. Literally, when a PA started, before she even sat down, I'd be like, there's my life, sort it. And um, that's definitely not the way to go. Also, by the other extreme, don't ignore them. Don't just say, hey, look, you know, you've got an autonomous role, thanks a lot, I think you're great, off. And then don't speak to them for another 42 years. You know, they need to know that you're there, that, you know, you care about them. So you've got this fine balance between nurturing and onboarding and caring, but, you know, also not just letting them crack on too much that they don't feel part of a team. Don't criticize or give overly destructive feedback or any kind of berating in the first three months. Now, this was hard for me in the early days because it's like, this job needs to be done better. Come on, sort it out. I've hired a great person, you're a great person, your CV was great, your interview was great, so show me you're great. But, you know, someone, no matter how good they are, doesn't know your culture, doesn't know your ethos, don't know how to do the, the things that you do in your business, even if they've got good experience in the role. So you've got to let them make mistakes over the next three months. You've got to never get on their back for mistakes that they make or difficulties that they cause, even if it's pretty bad for your business. You can give feedback. You can say, hey, no worry, no problem. If you just get a pen and paper out, I can really help us move forward on this part. You can give them feedback. But you cannot give them any negative critique because it's nothing worse than getting berated for something. Well, you know, well, I don't know how to do that, so it's not my fault. And that's going to create a, great, a real gap between you and them. Then there are simple things. You know, make sure they know when to turn up. Make sure they know uh, when to leave. If they've got a parking space where they can and can't park, don't forget to remind them to take breaks because there's some people that work through breaks and you know, they'll, they'll burn themselves out a bit. Other things we like to do that are maybe a bit different is we have a, a, bar, a summer barbecue at my house every year and the whole team comes around and takes over the house and that's often a really good session for bonding and getting to know each other and you know quite a few of the team have a few glasses of wine I don't personally drink which is a good thing if I did then they know a lot more about me than I'd want them to also once a year now when we have our Christmas party we actually have it in our training suite now we used to have it you know in, in really nice venues in London and then before that we do something on the cheap uh, but now we have it in our own training suite and the team love dressing the training suite and having a theme and it was really successful year this year to have the Christmas party 
I think a few people really got to know each other better. Uh, so that's a great thing you could do. Random surprises, so random Friday afternoons off. Random going to the pub and you know us buying lunch. These random acts of kindness and spontaneous or appearing to be spontaneous, you can book them in your diary, spontaneous gifts, they, they're little bits of goodwill that go a long way. I also like to try and help in the personal life if it's at all possible. So if I know that maybe someone is trying to put their children through nursery and they're struggling or maybe um, you know, they crashed their car a bit or I don't know if they're not very well, if I can make a difference, if I can pay or support in any way. If anyone has ever said to me there's something, you know, the challenges with their family or someone is ill, I'm like, take us much time off as you need you know whatever because you know more and more now in uh, the work life sort of the personal and the business is kind of dovetailed and the lines are more blurred so I think the more goodwill you can create by caring about the individual not just in your company but knowing their kids names and knowing about what they do I think that builds a lot of goodwill so I hope you found this episode on onboarding and inducting new members of staff and really getting them to know your culture and flourish I hope you found it really useful I'm gonna actually give you a bit of an action step this time round, and that is to listen to this again on maximum one time speed, and maybe even on 0.75 speed, and bullet point out every one of these steps that I've created. Now, in the future future, we'll have show notes, but don't rely on me to get them to you because I think we're a bit behind on our show notes because we've done so many episodes and I speak too fast. So write down every one of these, create a document and a manual, you will save yourself so much time and money and you'll create this great environment to work for. And I wish I'd have heard this when I started in business. Rob again, stay with me here because I've got a gift for you. I get asked for these a lot and I thought, well, I'll, I'll leverage my time and yours and I will put these four things I get asked a lot into a free gift for you. So if you go to tiny.cc forward slash Rob's report, then what I've done is I've written for you an article on the top 21 apps I use to create the mobile lifestyle. I've written an article on the 14, my most favorite educational, inspirational, informative documentaries of the you know, most inspiring people in the world. I've written uh, which ones they are and a synopsis of each one. I'm very well known for having lots of very specific goals, detailed vision values. So I'm sharing with you my particular document I use, I've PDF'd it for you. And also the fastest ways I know to make money for startup and scale up entrepreneurs. So I've written an article and a detailed report on each one. I've put them all into one. And all you have to do is go to tiny.cc forward slash Rob's report. You get those for free. I'll never ask anything from you, spam. I'll never spam you, never sell to you. And then also once a week, I'll send you a new article or a new video content that's a bit different that maybe you wouldn't get normally from the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. So I hope you find that useful. Remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Thank you.